You're listening to New Age Hipster Radio, home of spiritual rambles and high vibe combos. Always dogma free and a totally cool place to be. You can head to newagehipster.co for more spiritual awesome sauce. But for now, here's your host, Bix. Hey, gorgeous souls. Welcome to the second episode of the New Age Hipster radio podcast. I'm so excited that you're here today. Today, I have an amazing conversation to share with you with Lara Rose Duong, who is a really good friend of mine. Uh, She's amazing. She works with women to help them to bust their money blocks and to really own their power with their money and prosperity stuff. Um, she's amazing. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation, but I just wanted to let you know there's a couple of adult words thrown in to the convo today. So if you are listening to this uh, somewhere where that's not appropriate, then put your headphones in or come back and listen to it later. I hope you enjoy the show. So, hey, gorgeous souls, this is Vix, and this is super exciting because this is the very first podcast episode where I'm talking to another person. Uh, So I'm feeling a little bit nervous, but I'm also feeling like there's going to be some awesome, powerful stuff coming through this conversation. Today on the show, we have Lara Rose Duong, who is a modern, a modern money witch. She's a total priestess, a holder of sacred space. She runs the Rich Witch Coven, an online community, and she supports her clients and community to help them to take back their power through the energy of money and prosperity. I'm so excited to have you on the show, Lara Rose. Ah, I'm so excited too. I was sitting, I mean, you can't see me, but I was sitting over here with my arms in the air, just like fist pumping with excitement. Um, I'm really stoked that you have put this podcast together and you're putting your magic out in the world and super honored to be on this call. And that intro, my gosh, like I'm blushing too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And I forgot to say as well that you're like my really good friend as well. Mm-hmm. Like how lucky mm-hmm. am I? Me <laughs> too. I my, feel the same. My circle of my circle of gal pals. Um, yes. Yeah, I feel so you know so so honored that you're here. Like that we're having this conversation because so many mm-hmm. times we've said when we've been on a, a call just like chatting and catching mm-hmm. up, we're always saying like you know, this was such a great conversation. We should record these and let other people hear them. And now it's actually happening. And now it's happening. Yes. Yes, it's happening. I'm excited. Yes. It's, it's going to be good. It's all happening. So, yeah, I feel, so I feel a little bit nervous. So just, yeah. <laughs> just bear with me. This is um, like I was saying to you just before we, before we started, like doing the first thing of anything is always a little bit like, okay, we're just going to get through it. <laughs> get in the get in the vibe get in the group. absolutely <laughs> totally it always comes back to that for me when I get really nervous and we're both INFPs mm-hmm. so we I get that feeling too mm-hmm. and for me I just have to tell myself like all you have to do is show up yes. it doesn't matter how it works out or what it looks like just show up over and over again and, and it will like always get better yes yes I relate to that so much so much of my life is just like showing just showing up (laughs) like I have no idea what we're going to talk I mean I have some ideas I've written down a few things that sort of 
uh, I've been thinking about for this conversation, but I also don't want to get stuck in, like, these are the questions I have for you and we're not going to go mm -hmm. anywhere else because... I know when we've talked before, like the real magic kind of always seems to happen in the, like in the spaces in between the questions and the spaces in between yes. what we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah. And I think the real magic happens for me, too, when I catch myself or you catch yourself saying something you didn't didn't even know you knew mm. or even knew even didn't even know that you thought or or understood. Um, it's like in the musings of things that magic comes out, I think. Yeah, that's like the story of my life. <laughs> Just saying things and going, oh, wow. <laughs> I had no idea that I had that little grain of wisdom within me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I guess like it makes sense to talk about money. Yes, because that's absolutely. Kind of, that's kind of your thing. And I say it's your thing, but actually it's one of your many things. Yes, it is one of my many things, but it's the main umbrella I feel like um, I feel like money touches so many areas of our lives, even when we don't want it to. Um, yeah. Let's be honest about that, um, because it affects our relationships. It affects our health. It affects, um, you know, our well-being. It underlines so many aspects of our lives. And to not talk about it is you know, not talking about a big part of your life. Um, and I feel like when we move into a very healthy relationship with money, honey, so many areas of our life start to blossom. And I'm not talking about you needing like stacks upon stacks in the bank, like you were like your Mayweather or something. It doesn't have to be like that at all. Um, but it's important to acknowledge its existence and to have a wonderful, luscious relationship with it. But you're right. It's not everything I talk about. I like to talk about the angels, about love, sex, health, everything. Um, but my main, my main focal point is is money and and our furry beings, little animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that so much um, because money is <laughs> it's you can't avoid it in this life, right? Like, I don't think so. Unless I think that. I was going to say, I remember, you run off to be a nun or something, but even then, like, yeah. you've still got to pay your, your rent or <laughs> buy your food or whatever. Or, I mean, there's still money involved in that situation, even if the money doesn't come into your hands as a nun, because, I mean, if you think about, I don't know why I'm thinking about Buddhist temples, but I am, um, probably because of what we were talking about before the call, um, the, you know, people come there and they donate money to the temple to help run that space. So even though the nun herself doesn't collect the money, um, the temple is, and that provides for her existence as she self selflessly serves the community. So there's still some type of exchange happening there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really, that's really important to remember as well. Cause I'm like, oh, well you could just run off and be a nun and you would never have to worry about yeah. money, but there is no escaping it. And the, in the world, the way it is right now, yeah. there is no escaping this relationship with money. And so many of us have really difficult, really difficult relationships with money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. I it know. gets, <laughs> yeah, well, it gets tied up in our identity at times. Mm. And I don't feel like it needs to be 
but with the way that our society talks about it, um, um, shows it to us, it people get into this really weird place about how I handle my money, how much I have, and my history defines me as a human. Um, and it, but it doesn't. It's it's to me. It's like an it's like a resource. It's an energy, um, but it doesn't define who you are and how you like how you contribute to society. I just want to circle back for one second, though. There is a way to escape money. I because I saw a woman do this. Um, do tell. I think it's in Russia, and I remember seeing this random video of this woman and her family, like her dad, her brother, her mom, they like went way up into like the hardest parts of the Russian mountains and lived completely off the grid. Wow. So no electricity, no running water, no cash, no nothing. Mm -hmm. It's just them and the land. Um, And now all of her family's passed and it's just her up there. I think she's in her 70s or 80s at this point. And people have like come across her and have offered to help her and like invite her in quotes back into society. But she's chosen to stay up there. Um, So she doesn't deal with money at all. But I mean, from the outside, her life looks fairly difficult, Mm. but it's all she's ever known. Yeah, I have to admit, like, in in my, for, for like some of my money stuff, like what comes up for me is I always kind of find myself swinging between these two points. And this is something I've spoken to, to you about before. Mm-hmm. But I always <laughs> feel like I'm either like, yeah, I want to be rich and I want to just have all the money so I can help people and I can feel comfortable and just like live a life of prosperity and abundance and help the world and help myself. And then I, yeah. have the, and then I go totally to the other end where I'm like, you know what, I really just want to go off the grid, live in a tiny house, like do a few readings for people and, you know, just make enough money to buy my carrots and just do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is why we're friends because I <laughs> oscillate between both as well. Yeah. And I've come to this place where I feel like I can have both. Oh. Um, Cause in my mind, I feel like I can have a space in the woods where I can do that like recluse life. Mm-hmm. But I also want to um, continue being affluent and be able to go off into the city center and enjoy that life and contribute from that space, too. Yeah. Um, I think we can have both. Yeah. We don't have to have one or the other. I would love to find a way to make that work. <laughs> to make that work. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, like, my shed in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. And, like, setting that up as, like, you know, my little escape place. Uh, which isn't quite quite the same thing but yeah I think I think so many of us now though with this the whole like tiny house movement and all of like the minimalist stuff that's coming in Mm -hmm. and um, Mm -hmm. uh, like the KonMari method and everything I think people are really people want that simpler I'm doing like air quotes simpler kind of life where yeah. we're not constantly kind of thinking about, oh, well, I need money so I can buy this, so I can buy more shoes or buy more this or whatever. And there really seems to be this movement towards cutting back and maybe not even needing as much money as we, as we think we do. Yeah, um, but then exactly. I kind of find myself seeing like those, those two sides again and it's like, well, <laughs> 
is that really what I want to do? Do I really want to like not own anything and live in a, you know, live in a, a tiny house? Um, but people are curious whether you're actually going to go and do that or not. People are exploring that, that simpler way of being. I think this is significant what's happening right now and what has been happening. It, I feel like what we were like in the eighties, it was, everything was really big and over the top. Yeah. Like we've got like the biggest shoulder pads you can find, mm-hmm. like the, the darkest, heaviest, largest streak of blush you could ever wear. And now everything is scaled back and that's turning into our own lives. And I feel like we move into a space where we've realized to live a meaningful life doesn't mean you have to have all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean that you don't have to have things at all. Yeah, It's just really coming back to the center and going, well, what's meaningful to me? What excites me? And I mean, that all sounds selfish because I keep underscoring the me side of things. Um, but let's go back to another idea. And that is, you know, as a collective, we're only as healthy as the sum of our individuals. So you have to go back to the individual and go and look at, well, what makes you healthy? What makes you excited? What makes you feel rich? And find out for yourself what rich is. It's just exactly what you said. Maybe you don't need as much money as you thought you did. Mm. Or maybe you need more. But in order to find out, you have to have an honest conversation with yourself and go, okay, how much money do I need to live a happy and healthy, content life? And how much money do I want to have in my life so that I can also contribute back to humanity mm. and do something awesome? Yeah. Um, if that's important to you, it is to me. So I keep on bringing that up too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really nice way as well um, for people who, you know, like myself, because I've, I've, I mean, I still have a lot of money stuff and I think everybody does, no matter how, like how far along you are on this journey, there's still things that are going to pop up. Mm-hmm. But for me, I've had, I've had, a, I've had a lot, like I've had a lot of money stuff to work through. Um, yeah. I've had, yeah, like loads and loads of loads of stuff to work through. Um, and it's really nice to kind of get to a place though, where you, you start to think, well, if I do have money, that means I can help. And that means I can make yeah. a difference because I think for a lot of us, we kind of have uh, a little bit of money shame. Yes. Like it's shameful to be rich and it's not okay for you to be rich while somebody else is really struggling financially, can't pay their, can't pay their bills. They're kicked out on the street, like all sorts of things that are happening in this world. And when we see that happening, it, it tears us apart. Like it's really hard to see that stuff happening and then look at your bank, (laughs) look at your bank balance Mm -hmm. and go, but I'm okay. I'm doing okay over here. And I think for a lot of people, we get into that kind of that shame energy and we're like, well, I don't want to be rich because I don't want to be the person that has to walk down the street knowing how much money they have in their bank while other people are really suffering. But when you start to connect this idea of, oh, but if I had that money, I could help that person or I could help somebody who, who needs my help, um, it kind of makes it feel okay. I am so excited you brought this all up because my mind was spinning out in that direction around the idea of it doesn't matter how much money you have, there is interesting narratives that happen at every stage Mm. of wealth. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, cause I have clients who have immense wealth and they go through what you're just talking about. Like I, I have, I'll, I'll sit in a call with them and they'll talk to me about how, you know, I was down at the tube and this person needed money and I just, just didn't, I just didn't have change on me. I didn't have any cash to give to them. And it weighs on them for the rest of the day, the rest of the week about how that one person needed cash and they didn't have it. And really what it comes down to for me is having a conversation around why as a society do we demonize people with wealth yeah. and with money? Um, when all of us are trying to live this happy, delicious life that money can provide for us in a men, in many ways. Um, and there's this idea around, if I have a lot of money, I also need to be more morally sound with it. Mm. Otherwise, and, and also like, if I have a lot of money, I can't be frivolous. That's a whole other level of wealth. You know, I'm not the Jay-Z or the Beyonce of the world. (laughs) Um, So why is that? I wonder a lot about that. Like how, because if you think about it, I I hear often like, oh, well, I'm not like that rich person over there. Um, I'm not, I don't want to be rich because I don't want to be like him. Yes. I don't know why I said him. That might be rude, but I'm just this arbitrary him over there that happens to be rich. Um. Yeah, like, why do we demonize that? Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I remember uh, when I was sort of first getting really serious about moving through some of my money stuff, it was around the same time that I started my business. Yes. (laughs) And I was going through all of this sort of stuff of, you know, who am I? One thing that that I struggled with for a long time was, who am I to do a job that I love Mm -hmm. and get money for it? Like, who am I to be able to roll out of bed whenever I want to? I usually get up pretty early, but I could get out of bed whenever I wanted to. Um, And I can work the hours I want to work. And if Mm -hmm. I want to take off on a Tuesday morning and go into town and have a coffee, I can do that. And I'm doing work that I really love that really fills me up. I get to spend more time with my friends and my my family and my loved ones. Um, And it was really hard because I felt like, who am, who am I to do this when I knew so many people, well, from the work that I had been doing before, coming yeah. out of that was like, but I know all of these people who are struggling so much and who are so mm-hmm. miserable in their jobs. Who am I to be able to step out of that, step out of that situation and step into this thing that really lights me up that I can get paid mm-hmm. to do? And I yeah, really yeah. struggle with that. And sometimes I still do, but <laughs> I'm kind of mm-hmm. okay with it now. Um, now, I have, <laughs> now I have different, different things that come up. But that was a really, really, a really big one for me because I just felt like it's not fair. Like it's not fair that I get to do this and not everybody else does. Hmm. That's such, a, um, such an important point that you brought up, the it's not fair part. Mm-hmm. Because um, I, I think, think we. Oh no! Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. Like I think we talk a lot when we talk about money. We talk a lot, like from the perspective of, well, I don't have any money, and we look at the rich people and we go, you know, who are they to have money and who are they to have to be wealthy and and all of that kind of stuff. Like when we're in that in that situation where we don't have very much money, and I've been in some, um, I've been in some really. Um, 
some really not very nice places when it comes to how much money's been in the bank. But I remember yeah. being in that place and looking at people who who did run their own businesses or people who were doing really well and looking at them and just going like, that's not fair. But then when you, when you go into this other place, it's like, it's, you're still in that feeling of like, oh, well, this is not fair. Like whether you're the person who has no money or whether you're the person who has lots of money, there's still that, like, this isn't fair. Mm-hmm. I think the bottom line is, if that is the truth, or if that is a truth, that it isn't fair either way, mm. then you get to make a choice. In what scenario do you want to be not fair? Yeah. In the scenario where you're fulfilling your soul's calling, mm-hmm. or in this, or in the scenario where you're living a life that feels similarly to imprisonment. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a very strong term for this and, and I, and I, I am not putting this on anybody. I think that some people thrive in a, in a employment setting, like when they mm-hmm. have an employer yeah. and some people don't. Yeah. Um, and so it just depends on how your soul feels, mm-hmm. but if your soul feels very crunchy in that employment setting, in some capacity, it feels to me like voluntary slavery. Mm-hmm. And I say that because you're working, for most people at that point, they're working for a very minimum wage. Most of their time is devoted to serving this other other industry. And they're barely making enough money to get by. So I just want to put it out there in the world Though it doesn't have to be like that. And maybe that's like oversimplifying it because maybe in that certain circumstance, that's the only job they can have at this point. And hats off. If that's where you're at, that is totally cool. But if your heart is calling out for more, allow yourself to to look a little wider and see more options Mm. and know that more options exist out there. And for the people that are in a, in the situation where they have an abundance of wealth at their disposal, then the conversation's different. It's less about survival and more about how do I give purpose to the time that I have? How do I give purpose to the wealth that I have? Because people in that sector and um, that space of wealth their their struggle is more around i have so much time like i have lots of idle hands at this point so how do i live a fulfilling life when nothing else is actually forcing me to do something i'm not forced to act due to survival so you have a lot more time to think about how do i truly fulfill my soul's purpose um and that's that's an exciting place to be in even if you feel a lot of guilt around having money, honey. And even if we feel like those people don't have, um, shouldn't have the money that they do. That's a lot of weight and responsibility for them to bear too, if we think about it in that Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, I know uh, for me, like one of the things that really helped me to shift some of my, my thoughts and beliefs and programming as well, because we're so, we're so programmed by every, Mm -hmm. everything, we're so programmed by everything, but especially around money. Um, One of the things that really helped me was just to notice how I was 
speaking and thinking when I saw somebody who I perceived to be wealthy because sometimes there's, I mean, there's wealthy people walking around all over the place that we probably don't, oh, even, yeah. don't even notice. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's, especially that, at this day and age. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Like Mark Zuckerberg, right? Yeah. Like he wears his gray t-shirt and his jeans and no one will look at him twice like yeah. <laughs> on the street. Um, but when, when I, you know, when I saw these people, it's so ingrained into me that, you know, rich people are this or rich people are that or whatever, that I was just, I was living with that belief and those thoughts for so long without even realizing. But when I started doing my own money work, I was really surprised at how much of my money stuff was around my beliefs about rich people. It wasn't as much about you know, what I'd experienced growing up, like what I had experienced in my own financial life. Like a lot of it was just these sort of beliefs that we carry around about, you know, rich people are all of these bad things because they have money and we don't. Um, Mm -hmm, And that was really mm -hmm. interesting, like working through that and then sort of starting to notice when I had those thoughts, when I saw that fancy car driving down the street and noticing my first thought is like Mm -hmm, eye roll mm -hmm. and who do they think they are? And then (laughs) catching myself and saying, you know what, I don't know that person's story. I don't know anything about them. Um, And it's not my my job to, to do that. And just keep walking. Yes. Yes. And an activity that I really encourage um, my clients to do is rather than doing the eye roll, get excited. Mm. Get excited to see that there are people in this world that get to experience that type of wealth, that get to experience that type of abundance in their life, that have the means to live that kind of life if it appeals to you. Mm. Um, because I was gonna say, because envy sometimes is an indicator of what you actually want. Yes. yes. So rather than getting angry about it, get excited to see it because it's like the universe is bringing it closer and closer to you Mm -hmm. and what really invites it into the door for, or like, or what's invited from inside of you out into the world is celebration and appreciation and love. Yeah, I've been doing that. Um, I've been doing that over the last few years. When I've seen things on Instagram that I found a little bit uh, triggering in terms of like my business and where I'm at and where somebody else is at, and you see these pictures of somebody who looks like they're doing, who again, you know, it's perceived, um, who looks like they're doing so so well, and you start to feel like, oh, who are they to be doing this well? And what I used to do, because it doesn't come up for me so much now, um, I've unfollowed a lot of people too, which helps. Um, But what I do now when I I feel that coming up, I ask myself, like, what is this? Like, why am I feeling this way? Is it envy? Is it because I want what they have or is it something else? Um, And what I like to do is like their picture and then post a comment and just say, you go, girl, or like, well done, or this Mm -hmm. is awesome, or anything like that. And it completely changes the energy of that feeling yes and it brings into the space of well actually I can have that too yeah it it, because I feel like the envy and the judgment separates us Mm -hmm. and that's why I think people um that I work with that have like a higher amount of wealth in their life try to hide Mm -hmm. that they have it Mm -hmm. is because they don't want to be separated and they don't want to be judged. Um, it's just like you said, like the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world. Sometimes um, you wouldn't even know 
how much wealth they have. They, they live in regular suburban areas. They drive regular cars. Um, they might be living next door to you and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they're very, you know, wealthy and private and discreet. Yeah. Cause in their world, even if they're sitting on $25 million and bringing in multi, like the you know, multi-million annual income, in their minds, I'm actually still middle class because I don't have a private jet. <laughs> I don't have a private chef. Mm-hmm. My kids don't go to international boarding school. Yeah. Um, I still like, you know, I'm still part of my local bowling league. Mm-hmm. I am a normal human with, you know, just a little bit more resources. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so powerful to remember that as well. And I think it works a lot the other way too. When we see people who, you know, have the Gucci bag and have the, you know, have the whole thing where you're just like, whoa, like that person must be doing so well for themselves. It's not always true. Yes. (laughs) Like a lot of people are living off credit or they borrowed a bag off a friend or a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of different reasons. And I think it's so powerful to just sort of to notice like what you're yeah. what you're feeling and thinking about somebody else and then just pulling it back a little bit and just going hmm is that true <laughs> how do I know that that is true about that person exactly I remember seeing somewhere on the internet like a service where you could rent bags mm, yes. like rent high-end yeah. bags um so you put in a monthly fee and you can keep on renting them and I recently saw um, a meme on Instagram where it was a picture of the weekend and on the one side, it was, you know, um, before he had money and then what picture of him after money. And the before money is exactly what you're talking about. Like he is dressed to the nines, looking like something else. And then the, the where he after having millions of dollars, he's super relaxed, you know, looks like an average guy walking downtown. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, when he had a lot of money, he realized having a lot of money isn't everything. Because it isn't everything. It doesn't define who you are. I just want to reiterate that to everybody, regardless of where you're sitting and what financial space you are, how much you have does not define who you are. It's the things that you do in your life. It's what you create in your life. It's how you live your life. I feel like, you know, um, leans more towards what defines you as a person, which is also fluid. I feel like who you are is very fluid and it's constantly evolving. Yeah, totally. I just want to, just from like what you were saying, I was just really thinking about the idea of abundance and what mm-hmm. abundance is and, and tuning into abundance energy because this is something that I've done a lot of work on. And yes, yes. I kind of feel like it's really only been in the last year or so that I've actually really got it. <laughs> Okay. Like I talked a lot about um, about abundance and, you know, I'm calling on my guides and angels and like abundance energy, like come in and I, I want to feel abundant. And I kept asking for it all the time. And it was only when I realized that I'm already abundant and that it's mm. already here that yeah. I was really able to understand what abundance energy is. Yeah. Like for me, it's all the stuff around just being grateful for your life and being grateful mm-hmm. for your family. And even if you don't have, you know, like all the fancy products in your fridge or whatever, even if you're, you know, sitting there eating a baked potato with 
with beans on it, which mm-hmm. I eat all the time, um, yeah, doesn't yeah. cost very much at all. Even if you're just sitting there like eating that, just that feeling that you can have in those moments of like, you know what, I'm just so grateful to be alive. I guess that's, that, was, that was really the point of that big long rant about abundance is that when you're able to like tap into the energy and to really connect with the realization that it's already here, like you are actually very abundant, even if you don't feel like you have, you know, all of the things that you're supposed to have or that you want to have, yeah. it doesn't mean that you can't already begin to connect with that idea of actually, you know what, I am I am abundant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Can I, I, I want to add something to what you're saying and take it, uh, take it like dig deeper yeah. is what I mean. Like drill down a little yeah, bit because I was thinking about this before a lot and I moved my languaging from abundant to prosperity at one point because, and I do value abundance. But when I looked at what does abundant actually mean, it means to have a cornucopia of something. Yeah. And, um, and I, when I thought about it, I'm like, do I want to have a lot of something? Like I, I was like, not really. Cause for me, when I have too much of something, it feels like hoarding. Yeah. I can't even watch a commercial of the show The Hoarders because it makes me sick to my stomach. Mm-hmm. I it, like I get anxiety in my body. So when I thought about it, I was like, I actually don't want a cornucopia of so many things. Mm. I'm like, what I truly want is exactly what you're talking about. I want to feel down to my marrow full of life full of love, full of excitement. Um, I wanted to feel like palpable aliveness and, um, and feel rich. Like that feeling is so, is, is more nourishing to me than having things in my life. Um, I think that's the, um, you know, when I say like, I, I feel abundant for me, it's like that feeling of feeling rich it doesn't yes. mean that you've got like a million pounds or a million dollars in the in the bank, but there's yeah. just that that feeling, like it's an energy and it's a feeling. Absolutely, like sometimes for me, eating guacamole makes me feel like a total baller. <laughs> um, like, and why it's so. It? <laughs> It's so rich and luxurious. I love avocados so much. Or I get that feeling of abundance and prosperity when I smell fresh limes. Mm. That squeeze of lime. Oh my gosh. Um, So really it's like taking stock of what makes you feel like that today, right now. And going, okay, that's something I can do. Um, you know, sometimes sleeping in a little longer makes you feel rich. Mm-hmm. Sometimes snuggling with something fuzzy or your lover makes you feel rich. Well, then put more of that into your life because the more that we feel that way, the more that's going to be attracted and drawn to you. And and it's already in your body to experience. It's, it's just like what you said. I am abundant right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I can experience all of these things right now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause for so long I was, I was sending out this, um, you know, this magic and this manifesting around, you know, I want this abundance to come in. Um, mm-hmm. and I kept sort of visualizing it. Like, I think I got this, got this from Gabby B, like one of her talks that I listened to like years and years ago, but she talked about the abundance truck being on the way. 
Mm. And I really, at the time, I really, really liked that. And at the time, I felt like that was exactly the, the visual and the energy that I needed to work with. But there was just this day where I was like, the truck came already. Yes. <laughs> the truck is here. Yes. <laughs> Here's the truck. Nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. In fact, at that, at that time, I had a lot less money <laughs> than I had had yeah. previously. Yeah. And I felt so much more abundant and so much more prosperous than I had at other times when I did have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. This, this makes you think about um, this woman. Her name is Anne Carson. She's a classicist. Um, she writes poetry and, and writes about all the classics in Canada. And she has this book called Eros, the Bittersweet. And it's this text all about desire and what it means. And she talks about how the essence of desire is like a double-edged sword because to desire something is exciting. It builds this energy in your body. But by definition, to desire something means that you are without it. You don't have it. And the moment you have it, the desire is gone. Yeah. So it's quite interesting. I love this whole, actually, the truck has arrived because... If you keep on thinking about, oh, my truck is on the way, it, it, yeah, it clearly sends a signal to yourself and your mind that you are without something. Mm. And to truly be magnetic, you got to have that fire, that abundance, prosperity fire already like just full blown blazing inside of your system. And to get to that place is to know that you already have it. Yeah. It's so, so thank you so much for saying that the truck has arrived. Yeah, the truck has the truck <laughs> is here, guys. The it is here. Like, open the door and like, let the guy in, sign for it. Um, yes. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting, though, what you just said about, uh, you know, having the desire means that you're lacking something. Because I know that's one of the things that uh, people talk about a lot when we're doing like law of attraction work. And we're told all the time, and I feel like I could do like a a year-long show on my thoughts on law of attraction, but um, just (laughs) just briefly, uh, you know, we're we're told in that in that sort of in that sort of work that we we need to avoid being in any kind of lack energy. Like we need to be really aware of our thoughts and our. our, our feelings and everything that we're putting out there around what we lack. But you're right, because as soon as you say, well, I want a book deal or I want more money or I want to be able to afford better groceries and more groceries or whatever, when you say, I want this, you are getting yourself into, <laughs> into lack energy because you're like, I want this in brackets because I don't have it. So mm-hmm. I find that, a, that to be like a really interesting um, like an interesting thing to think about when we're thinking about manifesting and law of attraction and what we're, what we're calling in and everything. Do you have any thoughts on yeah. that? Oh my gosh. So many thoughts. So many thoughts are coming in. Um, I don't know why I'm coming down to this place right here, but I, I would say to myself a lot, a long time ago, even probably six months ago, I want to be healthy. And I realized at one point by saying that all the time, it was sending a signal to my body and my mind and my spirit that I am not healthy. 
And so now basically every time I say I want to be healthy, I'm reaffirming the idea that I'm not healthy. Yeah. And so I switched my languaging and and started celebrating what was true about myself. Mm-hmm. And so I'm under, underlining the idea of what is true about myself because I want to celebrate things that I actually believe in. I don't want to be celebrating things where I have to look in the mirror and like grimace and smile through like my teeth with like, and I make eye contact in the mirror and you're like, you're a joke. This isn't real. That doesn't help anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so the oh, whole, like the so whole, much. the whole, like, if you want money, go test drive a million dollar car. Yes. No, that is probably going to make you so anxious. You're going to walk into the dealership being like, I am a fraud. I shouldn't be here unless you feel like you belong. If you feel like you belong, go for it. But if you go to a place where it's not real, Mm -hmm. it gets uncomfortable, like that gross uncomfort, then you're, you're probably doing more harm. But so I would start noticing like small things like, wow, I love how strong my thighs are. Um, I love, you know, I love how healthy my skin is and I would just start noticing those things more and putting more attention that way or getting excited about the things that I was capable of. Like, oh my gosh, I was able to deadlift 130 pounds today. That's awesome. So what if like I can't climb Mount Everest, I was able to do this and get really stoked about that. And the more I celebrated those moments and honoring what I was actually capable of doing, the faster my, um, my recovery and my growth became. So I really do believe in what you're saying. It comes back down to acknowledging what you can do right now, feeling what, feeling into what you do have and seeing how it's connected into the vision that's coming into your life. Yeah, I've always really struggled with, and I know for some people it works. And so just if you're listening to this and stuff works for you, then go with what works for you. Because, you know, my whole my whole thing is like, let's do what works for us. But yes. I think that we also need to be aware that this, that some of the law, law of attraction teachings don't work for <laughs> don't work for everybody, and it's not yeah. because we're in lack, and it's not because we we can't do it, or because you know we're not controlling our thoughts or whatever. For some people, it just doesn't work like that. And for me, I've always really struggled with that with that idea of well, fake it till you make it, and you know, get up mm-hmm. in the morning and say, well, I have a million dollars, you know, to sit sit there and affirm I am a millionaire, and that kind of stuff. Like that has never. <laughs> It it doesn't work for me either. And I'm not saying it doesn't work for other people because I've seen it work for other people. And so I I honor that. For me personally, I find that in the past, that way of thinking has actually paralyzed me. Um, I go, I, I, I go into what I call perfection paralysis. Um, because the, the image is so huge my body is like, I don't even know how to get there. Mm. I don't even understand. And I know we're supposed to say, don't worry, you don't know, you don't have to know. The divine's gonna guide you anyways. Yeah. However, what's helped me is to see the greater picture and acknowledge, like, yeah, that would be that that would be awesome. And then break it down into all the steps in between and just ask, you know, ask my divine team, okay, so that's the big picture. What is the action step I can take today? Mm. And I allow that guidance to come in. 
And then the key part is once you receive the information, go take the action step. We receive your guidance and then we act on it. If you don't act on it, then it's very difficult for, for things to actually happen. You know, your, your divine team is probably like standing on the sidelines going, Oh my stars, we've sent you so many ideas. Why aren't you doing anything? I feel like, you know, it's, I feel like you're talking about my team right now. No, I feel like my team for a lot of, like a lot of my life has been like that. I used to joke around like how many times I have to get hit in the head with the rock before I realized, ow, that hurts. I shouldn't do that anymore. Um, So really it, it reminds me to that story where, you know, the guy's on a boat, I mean, on a roof. And like, there's a flood and he keeps on calling out to God to come help him. And first, like a little boat comes by. He's like, no, God's coming to help me. A rescue team comes by. He's like, no, God's coming to help me. And then finally, he's just there by himself forever. And he's like, God, why didn't you help me? And God's like, I sent you a boat and a rescue team and you didn't take it. Yeah. So it's like our job is that, yeah, we ask then receive, Mm -hmm. like truly receive it and then act on it. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to get, just get in the boat. Get in the boat. The truck is here. Get on the truck. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny you say that because I was, I was actually talking to somebody else um, earlier this morning about when I got the idea for my, for my blog, which at the time I didn't know that I didn't know that I was going to be running a spiritual business full time. I had no idea I was going to be doing a podcast. Like if, <laughs> if, if like, you know, Jesus or whoever had come down from the clouds and sat with me that day and been like, fix, this is what's going to happen. It would have paralyzed me. Honestly, I would not have done any of it probably, but I had yes. this idea for starting a spiritual blog. Yeah. Um, and I just kept getting in my ear like this, this phrase new age hipster and I didn't know like what I was what it was going to be what it meant it I just had this this word this phrase that kept going around my head new age hipster new age hipster and I must have had that I must have had that for like nearly a year before I sat down and said fine (laughs) I want you to still shut up now I'm gonna just start the (laughs) blog all right yes do it I'll do one blog post then it's done now you can stop hassling me and of course that one blog post led to us having this conversation today. Yes. How gorgeous is that? Very cool and very exciting, but I could have so easily ignored that because I did ignore it for a really long time. It was just that I (laughs) was sick of hearing it. (laughs) It's just, I just need to get that out of my head and out of my, out of my body. Um, Yeah. And also I knew, you know, I knew at that point that that's my, that's my guidance and I knew I was supposed to do it. I knew I had to do it, but I was testing it (laughs) a lot. And this, this whole conversation, this, what you're saying right now brings us right back to the idea of, is it fair or not fair Mm -hmm, for certain people to have certain experiences? Because something that I've really, um, been, how do I say this? like holding on to nurturing. Yes. Nurturing, nurturing in my life. An idea that I've been nurturing my life is that if it shows up for you, you already are worthy to experience it Mm. because the divine wouldn't bring it to you if you weren't meant to experience it. Yeah. So stop denying yourself. Please. That's one thing that has really, that has really helped me when I, when I do find myself getting into that 
oh, it's not fair, who am I to do this or whatever. I just kind of bring it back to this idea of it's, for me, it's been really powerful for other people, it might not work. But for me, a really powerful thing to remember is that I don't know why some people have very little and some people have a lot. I don't know why that is. I will probably never understand why that is in this lifetime. But I do know that I have a responsibility to work with what I've got in this lifetime. Yes, 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 yes. And that's Um, it. 100%. If we're going to get really theological about this and, and like go into that space and let's do it because hey, I'm the modern money witch and you are the new age hipster. Mm-hmm. So let's go here. The idea, I mean, I'm just presenting an idea. I'm not saying this is truth. It is, for me, it feels like truth to me, is that each and every one of us enters into this lifetime with a sacred contract. Mm-hmm. We're here to fulfill that contract. We're here to remember union and remember that contract. And so don't worry too much about what other people think of you or what other people are doing because they're fulfilling their contract. Ultimately, you are playing a role in a narrative, in a story. And if in this lifetime you're meant to live that prosperous story, please go and live it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like most of us are, but everybody is is fulfilling their own story right now. Um, of course, there's free will and all that kind of stuff in there, right? Because we have to choose to remember what our purpose is in this lifetime. Um, yeah, so please, please allow yourself. I think that's a big word for me is allowance. Just allow, allow things to come in for you. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I um, I had something come through in a reading that I did for myself just this morning, actually, and I'm wondering if part of the reason that came through this morning was for this conversation. Because um, I know we talk about privilege a lot in mm-hmm. spiritual circles. Every, everybody's talking about it. Uh, and I find, I find it very challenging. I find, you know, there's a lot of things under the umbrella of the privilege conversation that, you know, we could go into all sorts of directions with that and maybe we mm-hmm. can at another time, like, have a really in-depth conversation about about what that is. Um, but the, the message that I got today was find a way to make peace with your privilege. Mm. Because I feel like, like when I brought up the whole money shame thing, so yeah. many of us are are in these positions where, well, I could run my own business and I could work for myself and I could, you know, help all these help like you're doing, helping all of these people to make peace with their, with their privilege and with their money so that they can Mm -hmm. be, you know, live, live happier lives, but they can also be, you know, spending their money more ethically, like voting with their money. I know that's something that you talk about a lot. Yeah. Um, But so many of us are like paralyzed because we don't, we don't even want to own our own privilege. Yeah because of what that, because of what that means, um, and because of how we're going to worry that we're going to look. Um, and so that's something that I've, that has come up for me is just like, you just need to make peace with the fact that this is where I am in my life. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't ask for it. I, there are a lot of things that I did that I took, um, you know, that I, steps that I took and things that I consciously chose to change about my life to get here. Yes. But ultimately, 
you know, we don't, we don't choose what postcode we're born in or what country we're mm-hmm. born in, whether we are, you know, born into like a really rich family. We don't choose that. Well, I mean, we can talk about, yeah, we actually do choose that. <laughs> we don't, we don't necessarily choose that over, you know, somebody else has chosen a, a different life. Like it's not, it's not like we have, you know, stomped all over other people to get to get to to be where where we are. Um, but yeah, I just think there's there's so much shame, and I talk to so many people who who want to run businesses and want to start businesses and want to get out of out of the mm-hmm. rat race or whatever it is that they're doing. But so many people don't. So many people feel like, oh, I know I could do that, but you know, yeah, who am I to do this? I don't want to be seen as this that was yes no I love it I love it I love it like my my whole so much in that to talk about yeah there's there's so much so much I have like a million things came flying in yeah the first thing that came in was if you don't own your privilege you're wasting it yes 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 um and you can decide what that means for yourself yeah depending on what kind of privilege you're experiencing. Because there's so many different types. Yeah, yes. And I think that's really important to mention as well. Yeah. There's all sorts of different types of of privilege. All sorts of kinds. So acknowledge it, Mm. accept it, own it, and use it with purpose. Just like your money, honey. Just like your love, your energy. It's a type of energy that you carry. Um... That's number one. Number two that came through, and the, and this is like this is a very charged um, quote to bring up in this moment, and a lot of people have qualms with it. But I'm just going to throw it out there. I believe it was the Dalai Lama that said, "The Western woman is going to save the world," and I know that a lot of my fellow. Um, women of color and um, people of color and people of, of that are not from the Western world find that to be highly offensive. And um, but I'm going to throw something out there. I'm coming from a place that as a woman who lives in a very white community and I am a woman of color and I've experienced a lot of oppression in different parts of my life. Um, and I, and I don't have that in quotes, white privilege at all, but I am a Western woman because I live in a fairly, you know, affluent life in comparison to say someone in Africa in a hut. I don't live in a hut. So (laughs) I just got to throw that out there. And the reason why I'm bringing up that quote for me, the Western woman isn't about your color. Yeah. For me, the reason why I'm bringing up the Western woman and the Western woman can be anywhere in the world. Mm. I think the Western woman is, yeah, yeah. the the Western woman is, is representative of an idea. And that is, it's the Western woman is a woman who is not concerned about pure survival. Mm. So she can be in China. She can be in Qatar, she can be in the Middle East, she can be anywhere, but she's not worried right now about whether or not she's going to get bombed on. Mm. She's not worried if the water that she's drinking is killing her children. 
she isn't worried that are they going to have enough food to last them another day because they haven't eaten in five days. They're not worried about those things. That's that's why he's talking about the Western woman. At least this is what I'm thinking. Because if you take survival off the table, then there's privilege to think about how are we going to save this world and our humanity? That is a privilege in itself to have space and time to think about how are we going to save ourselves save the planet, elevate this world and move us into a new heart economy. That is privilege. And you can be anywhere in the world. So really, I think, yes, like using the term Western woman is a bit charged, but I think it's representative of something else. So if you do have space and time to think, you do have extra resources in your account to to vote with your money and contribute to humanity in a way that serves the highest good, then you're the Western woman. Mm. But you can be anywhere in the fucking world. Oh, sorry. I just robbed the F, the F mom. <laughs> it's okay. I assume it's probably going to happen. <laughs> this okay. I'm surprised. I tried not to. Earlier. Um, I know. I was, I've was. i been trying to be really good about it. <laughs> I'll put a disclaimer on the start somewhere. Um, oh yeah, I think I do... I feel you so much on that and I feel like this this idea of like western woman in air quotes is a, is like a concept. Um yeah. I feel like yeah it's probably a bit of an unfortunate <laughs> a little bit of an unfortunate phrase but I you know I yeah I get what you're saying because I know I know people who are who are men <laughs> who are doing doing this work. You know, yes. I know men who are like in in, in quotes the the Western woman, and they yeah. are they are making making this change as well. But I I feel like it's absolutely what you what you were saying around if you if you're in that situation, then bloody well use it. Yes, like don't just don't just like let it all slip away and just go. Oh well, who am I to do anything good or big? And then just go about your life that you're not really satisfied with when you Mm -hmm. have the opportunity to do something more. And I think for some people as well, there'll be some people listening who will probably say, well, I don't have privilege. I don't have an opportunity to do anything else. I'm just completely stuck in in my life. And if that's where you're at, okay, like I send you I send you love and I hope that you find find some 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 peace and I hope that you find a way through where you are right now so that things can feel feel better for you but I also feel like we live in this amazing day and age where we have the internet yes if you want to learn a new skill you don't even have to pay for classes Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I signed up for a hypnotherapy course for 10 pounds the other day yeah yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe it's not going to be recognized anywhere, but it's going, if I sit there and I do, and I do that, uh, you know, I'm going to learn a skill and I understand, okay, again, well, a lot of people don't have time. And this mm-hmm. is something that people say to me all the time in my, in my work, um, doing spiritual development courses, because I, one of the things I'm really, I really drill into people is like, if you think you don't have 10 minutes to sit down and meditate and do like check in with yourself in the morning, I kind of can't help you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's, it's mm-hmm. about like, 
well, okay, maybe you can have just six hours of sleep of sleep a night for a week while you do while you train for something, while you look on the internet and teach yourself and use again like the internet, like how fucking privileged there I go. How privileged <laughs> are we that we have access to the internet and we can just yes. Google whatever we want. So Absolutely. again, like that's a priv- that's a privilege. If you have access to the internet, you're privileged. It's a, maybe it's a different kind of privilege than other people have, but absolutely you, you have education at your fingertips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm getting all fired up. <laughs> I know I'm. I'm really fired up too right now. And I, I wanted to actually circle back for a sec and like just reiterate something because I realized I was not being um, wholly inclusive here for a moment, mm. and that is people that are in the state of survival. As in, you know, worrying about if they can clothe and feed their children, have a place to live. They don't necessarily have to be in a hut in Africa. I just yes. want to yes. I just want to say out loud that <clears throat> that can happen anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I live about six hours from Vancouver and they have a huge homeless population. There's a whole street dedicated to that. Um, you know, it's a famous street, Hastings where, you know, there's a lot of poverty and, and like drugs and stuff. And those people are in a state of survival as well. Mm. And they are not representative of the Western person that the Dalai Lama is talking about. So please, like, I just want to say that out loud. Like my heart goes out to the people of wherever you are in the world, if you are in that survival mode, mode, like, you know, you're in my prayers and I hope that things get better for you. For the people that are not in that survival mode, I'm really excited for you to take a moment to think about how can I make a change today? Mm. How can I contribute today? And I want to bring it down to like the today thing again, because it doesn't have to be, well, I am going to start a nonprofit organization (laughs) and solve the water issue today. You know, what can you do on your own personal scale Mm. that's going to make an impact? Like you and I are both vegan. We that is a privilege. Mm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A privileged action. Yeah. Because, yes, we could choose to go and consume cheese and meat and dairy and all those types of things, which I have in my past. But I choose not to because... A, I love animals too much. B, it's better for the environment if I don't eat those things. There's and and also I want to be an open vessel for my divine team. And for me personally, I'm guided to eat this way so I can be a vessel. Um, everybody is different, but that's a privileged choice. You know, when I go shopping, I could buy a leather bag, 100%, but I choose not to so that I can honor this ethos that I'm living by. Um, and those are privileged choices right there. And that's a very personal choice that I act upon on a daily basis. So every time I pick up a fork, I'm making a choice. Mm, that's so powerful. And I'd love to maybe do like a whole, like a whole episode on being vegan because yeah. for me, like we're recording this at the end of, at the end of January and this is my first month. <laughs> Oh yes! 
So before before this, and even earlier this month, like we were finishing off all of the all of the stuff that had egg in it, and like you know yeah. all the, the dairy stuff that we still had at home. We were finishing everything because we didn't want to throw it out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so this is really like my first couple of weeks of really doing it. So for anybody yeah. who's listening and going, oh, they're preaching veganism and you know whatever, <laughs> it's not. I'm not. Gonna, I ain't going to do that. Um, I wasn't a vegan till a couple of weeks till you know. Yeah, I've, I'm, I'm new. <laughs> so hi, I'm new. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely feel what you're feel what you're saying. Like it's a choice that you, you know. I'm I live in the UK. I spend I spend time in Australia as well, where I'm originally from, and we can eat vegan. There's vegan choices. It's not eat. Trust me, it's not easy where I live. Like I live in a, a yeah. bit of a country town, and it's very. Uh, there's a lot of game on the menus, like there's people going out yeah. hunting, like it's all that kind of English countryside stuff. So there's not a really big choice here. Mm-hmm. But there is one vegan cafe that recently opened and you can get a vegan pizza at Pizza Express. And I'm like, you know <gasps> yes. what? I can choose I can choose to go to Pizza Express and I can choose the vegan pizza. Yeah. I'm privileged. I'm privileged enough to make that choice. I mm-hmm, can't go mm-hmm. all the time because it does get a little bit expensive. But when I yeah. do go, um, I can I can make that choice. And I think it's it's so so powerful what you said because I think we do people who resonate as light workers or earth angels or just people who feel like you know you're here to to make a change and make a difference. Like we can get really caught up in what that has to look like. Yeah. Like that yeah. has to be some, you know, oh, well, I have to get really rich and start this, start this charity or start this corporation mm-hmm. and change everything. Actually, we just really have to do our part. Yeah, we just absolutely. Have to do what we feel called to do each day. Like, how can I be, how can I, how can I, what, what do I need to do today? Like, how can I live the best way that I can on this day? Absolutely. And like choose to be a good human every chance you get. Yes. Right. Because there's moments where we make bad choices. Yeah. I do that quite often where I'm like, whoa, that was bad. <laughs> that was not OK. Now I need to learn from that and recover and not do that again. Um, but as often as possible, choose to be a good person mm-hmm. um, and then recognize when you haven't been. Um, it's, you know, smiling at people when you're walking down the street, if you want to, um, it's, it's sending good vibes out when you can, Mm -hmm. if you're having a down day, then you're having a down day. That's okay. Um, I was going to circle back for a sec because on the topic of money and veganism Mm. and transitioning, something that I've had to have a really strong conversation and honest conversation with myself is looking at the products in my home that aren't vegan. Mm. So not food, but just products and items and going at one point, cause I'm just throwing this out there because I had a moment where I was like, I'm a terrible human because I have things in my home that aren't vegan. And, and you know, like the unhealthy maiden in me was like, throw it all out and burn it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, But then, you know, the healthy mother in me was like, hold on for a second here and let's like do like a healthy transition. And this is what it looked like for me. I'm not saying this is what it looks like for everybody. There are certain leather products in my home that I've had in my life for a very long time and I've chosen to 
to keep them because I thought, you know what, like this one leather purse I have, it's from the seventies. It's like an antique piece or vintage piece is what it's called. And I thought, you know, if I've had it for so long, it's been alive, you know, since the seventies, if I go and throw it out now, it's like, I'm wasting that life. I'm going to, I'm going to choose to keep it in my home and use it and honor the life that, that it was and is. Um, and, but I just choose to, you know, no longer buy products that are leather. Yeah. So you don't burn yourself alive if you happen to have some things that are leather, but you've purchased before. But this is my ethos. Everybody's different. Some people can't have any in their home or, you know, or gift it to somebody that, you know, that would truly appreciate it. Um, and, you know, nail polishes, makeup and things like that. There's so that much too. Like, um, there's so many things that you just don't even know. Yeah. Um, I bought yeah. a box of Cocoa Pops the other day. Yeah. Do you guys have Cocoa Pops there? I think so. They're like, um, well, like little circles like puffed. They're like puffed rice, but with like cocoa on them. That sounds know. delicious. You probably have like some version of them. What yeah. Um, but I bought a box of them because I was in the in the supermarket and I was really craving yeah. it. This is like not a good way to eat. <laughs> I was in the supermarket really craving cocoa puffs. Um, I usually eat a little bit better than that. Um, it was just I just had a couple of um, I had had a couple of beers with my with my vegan pizza at this point, and I was in this in the supermarket getting some getting some snacks to take home, and I looked yeah. at the box. And there was nothing in it. There was no animal products listed in it at all. And I was like, yep, we can still eat Cocoa Pops. This is awesome. And then when I got home, um, I thought it's a bit weird that nobody else has mentioned that Cocoa Pops is vegan. So I Googled it. And apparently there's like an animal product that they put in like the vitamin D that they spray on it. I was like, what? Oh, yes. Lanolin. Yeah. They put lanolin yeah. in the vitamin D. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't even know. And I think that's the, mm-hmm. like, when you know you do better, if you don't, when you don't know, then try to educate yourself. But if you make a mistake and you buy a box of Cocoa Pops, like don't stress out about it. Yes. Yeah. Don't stress out about it. You made an error and you'll know next time. Yeah. Um, and the whole lanolin issue is, again, is like a personal issue. Some people, some yeah, vegans. Yeah continue to take it because they feel like that's that's what they can consume right now in terms of vitamin D3 and they haven't found another source. Um, but that's what I do. I do with my makeup is because I love makeup and I love skincare a lot. And that's one of my privileges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so what I did with that is I went through my stock and I made a list of the ones that I, that I realized after research that were not part of my ethical ethos. And I use the product to completion and then I now just don't buy it again. Um, But did I burn myself alive for continuing to use it? No, because I've already put money into it. It would be like economically crazy unless you're sitting at a certain wealth point to get rid of everything and then go and replace it. Mm, Yeah. So even if it takes you a year to move through your home and have it adapt to your lifestyle, whatever lifestyle that you're choosing to live. You know, for example, if suddenly you want to have boho decor in your house, um, do you have to boho your house all in one day? (laughs) Probably not. Like just start making choices um, regularly, like when you need to replace something or add something. Mm. 
So that way you're a little bit more conscious about it. I feel like as long as we're making conscious choices, then we're living more in alignment with who we really are. Yeah. Yeah. This has been amazing. I feel like we could talk forever. (laughs) I think so too. (laughs) I feel like we touched on so many, so many like big things. And then we're like talking about Cocoa Pops. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to add as well, like, um, I'm really, I'm really into being vegan, but I don't ever want to be like one of the preachy vegans that's like, everyone should be vegan because it's the right thing to do. I just wanted to say to anybody who's listening that's like rolling their eyes about it, um, you know, do what you feel called to do. Do what feels right for you. Because uh, for me, for a long time, I, you know, I'd started off, uh, well, I hadn't eaten red meat for like since high school, but, you know, I started to, what I started to do was I started to look for meat that was ethical And I just started to go, okay, where does this meat actually come from? And I think if you're still eating meat, you know, whatever you're doing, maybe you're never going to be vegan, it's all good. But I think with whatever you're consuming, whether it's food, uh, furnishings for your house, like whatever it is, I think that coming back to the the energy of money and prosperity Mm -hmm. and abundance is that we need to be conscious about what we're consuming because we're never going to feel prosperous and rich if we're not conscious when we hit the buy button yes uh, and buying in Mic a frenzy <laughs> yes what like absolutely i i totally hear what you're saying because mm. to add to that i find that for myself in the past if i was purchasing in a state of frenzy yes yeah. I usually regretted it later. Yeah. But if I gave myself space and time to really think about, is this is this what I actually require? Mm. Is this what I actually want in my life? Um, right down to, does it meet my personal ethos? Yeah. Um, then when I would when I would go to purchase, I felt much better about it. Yeah. Um, and it's still around, and when I still look at it, it means something to me. But whenever I bought something in a, in a frenzy, because we know what that's like with yes. online shopping, yes, we do. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes the package would arrive and I would, I would just be like, whoa, I guess it's Christmas because I don't remember buying this for myself. Yeah. I obviously don't actually need this. Yeah. Or like how different does stuff look like too sometimes, right? When you see it online yeah. and it's all shiny and it's got the white background and it's like, oh, it's yeah. so perfect. And then you get it home and you open it and it goes in with your, <laughs> in with all your other stuff. And you're like, yeah, where even is that thing now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And does it even matter? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to do like a whole like a whole episode on conscious spending and like what yes. that means and what that's, I feel like we could write a list that would keep us going for the whole year. <laughs> I, I am down to meet you for all of those conversations. Amazing. I'm, I'm so down for it too. Um, yeah, so we made it. We did the first, we did the first episode. <laughs> Yay. Well, it's not actually the first episode cause I did record like a solo one before. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, this was so great. And I'm so, I'm just so grateful that you were here for it and that you were my first, you're my first person on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, this feels really magical and really exciting. And yeah, I just feel so, so blessed to have you here. Do you want to leave us with some information about where people can find out more about you and your work? Your yeah. Amazing work. Oh my gosh. 
Thank you so much for, for having me today. I feel so blessed to be here and I feel really lit up. Like I can't wait for these other conversations. Um, in terms of finding me, like come hang out, interact um, with me on Instagram. And that's at Lara Rose Duong, just my name. Um, and I'm also in the Rich Witch Circle. That's my free group on Facebook. I'm interactive in there. We do council calls in there and we share information. It's a very supportive space. And if you're looking to work with me and check out more ways to find out how to work with me, you can head to my website and that's at www.lararoseduong.com. But I'm definitely on social media. So come and hang out with me there and Vix too. (laughs) Yay. Thank you so, so much. This has been um, very cool. So cool. I feel really excited. Like, I just want to like, I'm like shaking my shoulders right now. I'm so happy about this call. Thank you so much for having me. And you're amazing. I love you and your Cocoa Puff stories. (laughs) I might edit that out. (laughs) No, don't. Please keep it in. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much, uh, Lara Rose. Everybody make sure that you go and check her out. The the community, the online group is amazing. I often pop into there. Um, especially when I when I have some money stuff to talk about, or if I just want to su- support some other some other people through it. Um, so make sure that you do check her out. You've been listening to New Age Hipster Radio. For more good vibes and spiritual goodness, head to newagehipster.co. Thanks for listening, and peace out.